on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Just waiting. They are just waiting for news of a final... Yay! Lake Norwich, we are back in League One. Wow. Absolutely incredible scenes. It's the travelling fans and the players who are celebrating and why not oh, never mind the scoreline here it's about the scoreline at the county ground Richie Wellens former club Martin Ling's former club and we've done it late night oh up and there's no doubt about it now you don't have to listen to any other media sources it's guaranteed late night are back in league one two three Something really special, Smithy on the wing. Sweeney James and turns, give us no concerns, they just make us sing. Rob Hunt and Jordan Brown, they're the best around, Theo, we love you. George Monker and Darren Bradley, playing on a Saturday, who else in Syria? It's our time. Travis Ling and C. Edinburgh. that one down give you a little bit of an extra start to the show there didn't we and uh, Barry Galvin's new promotion song and uh, hopefully I tell you what we've got the boys in the studio waiting here but hopefully a part of miracles of this computer on the end of the line I might have Glenn Wilkie are you there Glenn I am here Andy can you hear me loud and clear we can hear you yeah just about a one second delay on you talking but apart from that you are coming through loud and clear sir so I'll just introduce the rest of the panel tonight and uh, we've got to my right Tony Smith or Tony Smith whatever you prefer good evening everyone you get happy promotion everybody from uh, the studio yeah you get close to that mic Tony yeah that's good better. evening, everyone. That's Still better. got you. That's good. That's it. That's right. We can hear you now. So we have to do this mic test when we get here, you see. Now, Darren Burrows, how are you, sir? I'm all good. How are you? Good, mate. Good, mate. Not good. too bad. Good. And uh, we'll turn you up as well. And uh, Howard Gould's here. Yeah. Are you, Andy? Yeah, that's much better. Yeah, good you to were see nice you, and clear, you were. Thank you very much. That's all right. All right. And, uh, and we've got Glenn as well. So, uh, anyway. First of all, nice to have you back on the show, Glenn. It's been a bit a bit difficult this, show, this year waiting for these uh, phone lines to be sorted out. So uh, finally, it's all done and working, and uh, we can have a chat. And um, obviously, it's a bit, bit of a sad end uh, football-wise to the home matches this week, but it didn't really sully the celebrations, did it? No, totally not. It's, it just seems like the celebrations for me has been going on for weeks and weeks now. It just seems so long ago. And there's... Uh, there's still a game of the season to go. So, and that has been, it's been an absolute, 
privileged to be at the games this season and, and watch the team develop and, and, and be strong and, and win the amount of games they have. They, they, they've just been phenomenal. And like they, they deserve all the credit they've been getting from supporters, from the media. They, they just fully deserve it. And I'm, I'm so pleased for all the long-suffering Leighton Orient supporters because they, they fully deserve it. Yeah, and 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 on on your for your own personal thing, you you you've uh, obviously been doing quite a bit of uh, media work with the O's now. So uh, how are you finding all that? I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, for for the eagle-eyed viewers, they'll probably see me. Well, the international ones certainly will see me on a on the home games on a Saturday. I don't I don't really get up for the for the away games as much, but I, I just love being a live football weather whether it's over the park or, or professional games, you know, at any level. And, and to be able to be included in the, in the Orient TV or the Orient Live TV stream um, is, is a real privilege for me. Um, it's been going on now for a couple of years when we had COVID when it started. And, and for some reason, they, they keep asking me back, which is, is really nice of them. And I absolutely love it, especially when, when the O's have a season like they have, you know, it's, it's just been so, so good from where we were during lockdown and obviously after the past and adjusting and everything that, that went on with the club and, and then the few managers or the numerous managers we had to finally get it right and, and to have the season we've had. It's just been, it's been such a pleasure to, to be involved with the club. All right, well, that's, that's the positive stuff. Let's just uh, concentrate on Saturday for last week uh, against uh, Stockport for a start. And um, it, what do you think went wrong? I mean, was it that the lads were you know, in, in sunbed in cigar mode or, or um, just that Stockport were very, very keyed up for it? Stockport, a good side. Clearly a good side. They were one of the favourites to come up at the beginning of the year, but they had a slow start <clears throat> to the season. So... They've come on leaps and bounds and they're up where they are for a reason. You know, they're, they're, they're a very, very good side. We obviously clinched promotion the week before um, as we're celebrating. Um, I don't think they train too much, but just to, to sort of help their bodies recover and, and, and get days off that they, they well earned, you know. So there wasn't too much. For, I think Richie Welling said that they hadn't trained too much. They just walked through a few bits on the Friday morning. So... The thing is, the season's done for him, you know, but having spoken to Richie Wellings, his dad, the, the previous week when we clinched the, the championship, I, I asked him the last three games what he thought. I said, so what do you think points-wise? What do you think the, the team would get? I said, I think personally, us, if we get three points out of the last nine, I'll be happy with that. And he said, you don't know my son. My son's going to want to win every single game. He, he wants to get as many points as he possibly can you know and he said he'll be driving at home with the players now the, the the game away at Mansfield we we got those three points which was a shock to me because I didn't hold much hope out for that but then coming into Saturday I thought actually you know they, they seem up for this but Stockport I, I thought they were absolutely superb in the way they went about the game the way they started the game they were very you could tell they, they're looking for automatic promotion as well as the playoffs but Really, really strong side. At defending was was poor for the two goals. I I thought I was very harsh with the players at half time, and I told to wind my neck in a bit by one of the other guys, just purely because we're the champions and we won the league. And does it really matter? But based on that performance, I it, I don't think it's too much. We're on the beach with the flip flops on. It's more a case of 
two champions and we've won the league and it's been a, a really, really tough season uh, for suspensions and keep going and that physical and mental sort of stuff you go through in a season and to keep on top of the league for the majority of the year, it must have been very, very tough. And I just think good luck to the boys that they've earned the right to have a, a day off or a game off, you know, but it'll be interesting to see what, how they respond next Monday. Yeah, I mean, Tony, you've heard what Glenn's uh, said there and, uh, you know, was it a case of the players just not being being at the races, just switching off mentally? It was Obviously, it was disappointing, but we, we got by with it. Um, I was a bit disappointed. It's the first time I've had to say that this season, but I thought Vig should have come for both those uh, both those crosses, but maybe that's the old centre half of me talking, but... Um, that's where I saw most of the blame lie, but he's got us up. He's not, if not single-handed, he's got us up. So um, we'll let him have that one. And um, the crowd, in a way, I mean, it was the second half, the size of the crowd almost seemed to distract the players. Was the impression I got? You know, they wanted, they wanted lifting, but they wanted lifting when they'd done something and they'd actually created a chance. But there was so much constant noise, you got the feeling the game was almost off because of the amount of noise. And they're used to having to get the crowd going to get them to behind them. That's the impression I got, anyway. And Dar- Darren, I mean, you uh, you were there. Um, it, it was disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, it didn't take the gloss off of it for me, if I'm honest, Andy. No, I don't, I don't think I was disappointed. I think I'm more with Glenn that the players are uh, deserve all the plaudits, all the credit, and we can forgive them this this one. I thought Stockport were excellent. I agree with Glenn. They come out of traps very quickly. Two quick goals. I have to say, I thought the cross, I said to the guy I sit next to, I said, that's a great cross. The next thing is in the back of the net. Because it was. It was a, it was a brilliant crossing. OK, should we marked him at the back stick? Yes, we should have. Can we forgive him that he didn't? Yes. The second goal I thought was really good. I thought, could we have closed him down? Yes, we should have. But we didn't. But these are the kind of things that happen in, in games anyway. And I remember Newport earlier on in the season, I won over defeat, got two very quick goals. And we should have won that game. Whereas against Stockport, no, they were a better team on the day. But they had something to play for, we didn't. Mm. We, we're the champions, they're not. And Howard, they, they, they did have a go the second half, didn't they? The Orient or Stockport? Well, Orient <laughs> did, did try hard. Well, I think they had to. I mean, you've got, you've got the crowd, you, you know, you've got that capacity crowd... Uh, their ex- type of expecting. I, th- I think it was a 50-50 thing, isn't it? It's always uh, it's going to go one way or the other. Where there are, it's an anticlimax, or, or they're going to come out and show that they're champions and, and beat everyone, or, the, or Stockport are going to come and, and play in their faces. Is, is what they did. They pressed. I mean, we, we talked in even after their third goal. I think there was still five or ten minutes left, wasn't it? And they were still pressing from the front. I mean, they really worked their nuts off to, to get that win. Um, I was disappointed. I mean, after. Richie had said pre-match uh, that he wanted to get 96 points. We're going to go for every game. And then post-match, he said, well, we haven't trained this week. We just had a five-a-side and mm. uh, got together Friday morning. Yeah. And I know that's been pulled up on Twitter by a couple of uh, people from other clubs who yeah, said that was disrespectful. Careful, yeah, yeah, you've got to be you, careful what you say. Yeah, and uh, in one way, I, I agree. You know, if, you, if you're not going to prepare properly, you know, fail to prepare and prepare to fail and all that type of stuff. I'm not saying that the boys went out there uh, nonchalantly. They, they go out, but, you know, they, they, when you've done a job, as you know, you um, there's not that 100% f- uh, factor 
if you know what I'm trying to say, you know, there's, yeah. there's that tackle that you think, I would have done it if I really need, like Stockport would go in for the yeah, tackle. you're not going to get yourself injured at this day, sort of Yeah, season. and it's like, there's that little <laughs> 1% in the back yeah. of your head that you yeah. don't make, you know, the marking for the two goals that Darren just said, it, it should have been better. The, the header at the back post was terrible, really. I mean, I guess, Glenn, it's just human nature that you, you, you sort of take your foot off the pedal a little bit, but uh, is Richie Wellen saying a little bit close to the wind with some of those comments? I mean, that's, if you was an opposing manager in the, in, in the chasing pack, you wouldn't be too happy, would you? Well, they're, they're not going to be happy, are they, anyway, regardless? But I, I don't think there's too much wrong with what you said. They can't question his training training techniques and, and days off he's given the players. That's nothing to do with them. If, if we fielded the, the youth team, you know, 11 players in the youth team, yeah, they'd question that and not be happy with that. But you can't really question what we're doing in the training. It's nothing to do with them. If, if they were... They're going to quibble and moan about that. Well, maybe they should have won a few more games in the season, not have to worry about it. I mean, Glenn, we put a full-strength side out. What more could the club do? They, you know, they just got blown away in 10 minutes in a game for them that didn't matter. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, like I said, I, I was... ...half-time, let's say, on the stream. But... ...because I, I like to see the O's win, like we all do. Um, I spoke to Kent during the second half. I, I went over the other side and, and, he, and he wasn't too happy because we were losing. He was pacing up and down and he, he, he loves winning as well as most of us, you know, or, or nearly all of us. So it, it meant something to people. But then you, you look at the flip side of it and you think, do you know what, are we just being overdramatic here? Yes, we would have loved to, to have won the game or not lost the game on that, on that final home game to, when we lift the trophy. But... What it doesn't matter. We're league champions. We're league champions. The boys have had a phenomenal season, and yes, it would have been nice the icing on the cake to win that game, but we didn't. So what? Doesn't doesn't affect anything. No, and I'll tell you what we're doing. I mean, Richie Wellens is obviously making headlines for a different reason today. But before we discuss that, let's uh, spend the next four or five minutes. Uh, Dave Victor was talking to Richie post Salford, so let's hear what the governor had to say. Wanted, but it didn't dampen the mood at all, did it? I thought, to be fair, I thought we started all right and the atmosphere and the ground was, was electric. Um, but that, let's see, you have to give them a credit. They was right at it and we was... It's been difficult because we give the players a few games off. Our preparation yesterday was just a five-a-side, just get them going. You know, no specific instruction, no, no tactical work. So we just wanted the players to, to enjoy the occasion. Um, but credit to Stockport, they was really at it. Pressed us really well and we were just very lethargic and a little bit cumbersome so these reasons why the performance was what it was but um, no, it didn't take anything away from the celebrations at the end and the day in a whole Now you asked the uh, supporters to stay off the pitch and they didn't and as a result it really was uh, very special and it meant that the trophy could be lifted with the fans here to see it Yeah, no, listen when, I mean 53 years since we've had a try of the National League but 53 years since we've won a won a league in, the, in terms of the, the EFL so we wanted to make it special I think it was the celebrations are fantastic the fireworks Matt Porter done a fantastic job getting in the heat things um, behind, the, behind, behind the stage I think it was all set up pretty well um, I think everything went smooth Luke done a fantastic job as did all the media team I think the last two weeks they've done, done a great job we've obviously allowed them um, back, backstage and, and a lot of insight into what the players do and we will do that in the next nine days to the end of the season but now, what a day. This will be forever long in my memory because um, 
it's a special group, as we've always said. I think Monk was a little bit overwhelmed with the, the entrance, which I thought the choir, what Luke got, was absolutely fantastic. Made the, the hairs on my on my back stand up, so a great day. And your openness, enabling the uh, cameras to be so close to the players, has meant that faithful have felt immersed in the celebrations over some very special days since that, uh, well, not the, the defeat at Gillingham. Yeah, so I mentioned probably three or four weeks ago saying that we'd give the, the, the supporters the club back. And what that means is we've, we've got the club back to a level where we feel it should be and a, a level it, it can definitely compete in terms of size and in terms of fan base. Um, but also, these supporters are going out every week earning their money. They've just come recovering from COVID. The, the prices of living, the cost of living and the, or everything else is expensive. So we've given them a team on the pitch, not only ability-wise to entertain them, but they can connect with and they can identify with because for me Leighton is a working class area um, and these lads go on the pitch every single week and give 110% they give 110% today but we just that little bit that little bit off it and which is understandable so that's what I mean by giving the club the club, the, uh, the club back to the supporters they can they've been on a journey with his football team for now um, 10 months this season and they can identify it and they can relate with us with the players and you know, the, the players have given them a hell of a lot to shout about. There have been so many videos. For me, the most moving was when the uh, the loved ones of the players were giving messages. At, um, and I think it was Paul Smith's wife who said, these are friends for life. Yeah. She's right, isn't she? But she, she, was very, she was very eloquent, spoken really well. And to, to find her words, that, and, and she said she's, that she's really pleased that he's found a dressing room like he has. And obviously he's emerging that dressing room. Um... We, we obviously won promotion and we wanted to try and get over the line in terms of winning the league. And we thought that would be a nice touch, getting the families involved. And again, you can see what backgrounds have come from. A really special group of people coming from special families. And finally from me, Richie, what does it mean to you? Do you know what? I spoke to the players and thanked them for their efforts before the, before the game because I know that once the final whistle comes, it's very difficult to have a team talk or to have anything really to say because obviously it's madness. People just get attracted into different areas. So... I thank them for their efforts this year and I also said that we've been on a stress of a way for so long now there will be a lull. Whenever you win something, there will be a lull. It might be this week in training when we give them three or four days off. It might be when we have the end of season trip. It might be when they're on holiday with the, with the partners or with the families. But then when you hit that lull, for me, it's a reset. It's a reset. This isn't a pass now. We've achieved it, fantastic. It's about moving forward now. Can we look forward into League One? Can we keep this squad together? Because I think that's important. Um, I've loved working with them. And the scare for me is now losing some of the players. And I don't want that to happen. I want to keep the majority of the squad and go forward and really compete next year. But I don't know. The reset hasn't hit me yet. It will do pretty soon. And then as soon as that happens, focus is on next year. It's been an astonishing season. Thank you so okay. much, Richie. Thanks, and congratulations. Thanks, well done. There you go. That's uh, Dave Victor speaking, of course, after the match with Richie Wellens. And Glenn, um, what did you make of his take of things? Um, I would have loved to have heard it. I can't, unfortunately, I couldn't hear the interview and I didn't catch up after Saturday. So, oh, do you know what? We sat, here in, si- we sat here in silence so that you could hear it. Well, you didn't hear it. <laughs> never mind. Never, learn something every day, but never mind. Okay. There's a bit of, an, a, bit of um, a thing going on here. I had a, I had a Van Gogh moment. My ear fell off of my, my, my headphones, so I couldn't hear anything either. But never mind. Um, he did mention about worrying about losing 
players. Um, and Darren's got the, the retained list and the ones that are up for grabs. So if we let him, uh, let him go through it with you and uh, maybe give us what you think is going to happen. Contracts uh, in no particular order are Vigaru, Smythe, Clay, Prattley, Beckles, Happy, Brown, Sweeney, Smith, Lydon, Sargent, Byrne, Fish, Tanga. Players currently on loan uh, that have ended are El Mizuni, we want you to stay, Sadler, Kelman, Turns and McCart. Glenn, who do you want to keep? Probably 99% of them, to be fair. Um, I, don't, I don't really want to say who I'd like to let go, but um, I would, I'd say the majority of them on that list, I, I would like to keep. Obviously, the club have been having ongoing conversations. I think Richie came out the other the other week once promotion was was secured and, and said some of them, some of the players, uh, they've, they've been using the promotion as an excuse. They didn't want to sign a deal because they didn't know what league they were going to be in. But it's clear now that we're in League One next year. So then, then players need to get a, a wriggle on and, and sign, make a decision, sign a contract or notify the club they're leaving, you know? Because if what we can't happen is they string, they string it out a bit further along, like their possible moves break down or they go out the door at the last minute and, and leave us shopping with not as many players available because other clubs have snapped players up who are out of contract. So it's a real difficult one for the club because they, they need to, to push these players like they probably are and, and get the ones that they want to keep signed on as soon as possible so they can build their squad. But mm. the, the biggest thing for me, I don't know if we're going to come on to it, is the rumours of the manager going to yeah, Reading we'll, today. We'll come to that in a moment. His favourite. Yeah. We'll come to that in a moment. I'm letting Dan go through the, uh, Darren go through the, uh, the list. But uh, is this a case... Glenn, of the manager, literally, let's say it's you. you. You come in and you say, "Well, Glenn, there's the offer. You got uh, 14 days. Is it? Is it? Um, you know, a case of that or what? You know, because as you say, time is of the essence. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if if you really say, say for instance, let's just use Lawrence Figueroa as an example, and I, I don't know what the contract mm. negotiations are like with him, but let's use him as an example. He's been offered a deal. We want him to stay we put a time limit on it saying next Saturday we need to know either way otherwise you can go do, do you really want to be doing that to one of your key players and he may not have anything sorted it could be other stuff going on in the background that the club are not aware of and he, he doesn't want to rush into it um, it's a real difficult one and, uh, and one majority of the time or well, Martin Ling's done a great job signing players so it is a real difficult one sort of trying to back a player into a corner because you're just going to rub them up the wrong way and they might have been 50-50 or 60-40 in our favour of staying but giving them an ultimatum it might push them the other way I think it's a little bit of a worry that I'm not aware of anyone who's actually signed at all at the moment I think it'd be a bit of a it could be a bit of a rollover if somebody puts their pen to paper you'll get a bit of momentum going and you'll get a few doing it I think from a you know, a, a, a spectator's point of view and having watched them all. The, the time I really realised that um, how many players we had was when we were watching the trophy get um, uh, presented on Saturday because you were counting and you're counting. I'm thinking, there's, there's 25, 26 players here. So some people are going to go, but obviously we want to keep the best ones and um, hopefully that's what's going to happen. 
I think it's all speculation, isn't it? Because, um, like Lynn just mentioned about the manager, we're not even sure what's going on there. Hopefully, he's going to stay. Um, and then we had good words from Nigel saying that they're going to invest uh, to make us at least uh, a mid-table League One club. Um, and then over the weekend, you've had the Orient, um, the Open Day, and you've had the, the Starman Awards on Monday night, which is a big opportunity for lots of people to talk to the guys on a more uh, uh, social level. Um, and you, you can only try and probe as much as you can, saying, you know, how are you feeling with you? contract or the gaffer feeling blah 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 and they 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 they, I don't know if they're not allowed to say but they won't say um uh but you can get a feeling that they want to stay I mean all the guys I spoke to said that uh they would like to stay um which was nice to hear um but and and they are in negotiations you know nothing was uh, as Tony said nothing's actually pen to paper yet but um they've still got another game to play um, and then, uh, like Richie said, you know, there'll be like this, uh, suddenly there'll be this off button where people, uh, you just, just collapse through exhaustion, don't you? When you, when you, uh, switch off. So, um, I think, uh, once Bradford's done and I think they're going away the following week, uh, for a break together or something, I think probably on that break, there'll be lots of, uh, discussions and stuff. So give it yeah. a couple of weeks and we might hear some news, but I mean, Glenn, they did say that they, they've got a competitive budget. I think we're looking at around about 4.5 million, um, 4 million, something like that. Um, I mean, you're putting the, the top end players on, on what, five, 6,000 a year and a week rather. And, uh, obviously got some youngsters there as well. Not on that, but, uh, we're talking serious money now and serious contracts, aren't we? But, uh, somebody like Vigaru, you know, as you say, his third year running, he's won a player of the year. He's kept so many clean sheets. Uh, surely he, he's somebody that could probably command double that elsewhere. Yeah, the, the thing is, the, the busiest people with the many are the agents, players' agents. Uh, take Lawrence Vigor, who you just mentioned. He's, I didn't realise, I had to look at, at the, obviously he's kept, is it 24 clean sheets this season? Yeah. He, I didn't realise he's... He, in the home games, is seventy percent of the games is kept clean sheeting. Seventy hmm. percent. So you can bet your bottom dollar, his agent is going around touting him out, saying, "Look at, look at the clean sheets. Look at everything about him, and trying to see who's in the market for a goalkeeper." Now, Lawrence probably wants to stay at the club. His agent will probably be going around asking League One and probably bottom half Championship clubs. What sort of, he'll know what sort of money these goalkeepers are on elsewhere and they know they're going to go back to Orient and it'll just be a bidding war, won't it? They'll, they'll be going backwards and forwards and trying to negotiate because the player the player's always going to want to get as much money as possible and so will the agent because he gets a bigger cut. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of lot of to and throwing going on, I'm sure. And if a, if a good offer does come in from a, a different side and it, and it makes sense not only financially but if you're going to go to a bottom half championship side, are you going to play? Are you going to play every game, week in, week out, like you are if you stay at the O's? And that's a question a number of them are going to have to ask themselves. If if they do go up to a top-end League One club or, or, or a championship side, are you going to play? Mm. I, I don't think... There's, well, I think there's a, a couple who could probably play in the championship at the moment, but that wouldn't be every single week. So they're the sort of questions they're probably battling the players while they're looking at 
what's on the table from from other clubs, if if any, and and what the the owes are offering them financially to stay. It does take time. Yeah, I mean, they can't, and the lads can come in on this, uh, they can't risk the wage structure. However much you want to keep somebody, you know yourself what happened under Bacchetti. Once you destroy a wage structure and you suddenly, let's just say, we're picking on Lawrence because he's the obvious one, but let's just say they capitulate and they say, okay, we've doubled it to 10 grand and we keep you. Now, the rest of the dressing room are looking at going, well, if he's on that, uh, um, <laughs> you know, so uh, you, you have to keep it within the bounds of your structure, don't you? Hundred percent, yeah. You've got you, you've got a budget. What's to say you you offer? I'm not going to say silly money, but I will say silly money. Silly money. The numbers you're 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 mentioning there to a number of the players just to keep hold of them. One is, are they worth it, and are they going to make a difference in League One? And two is, if you have got a budget, mm. that's going to take a, a hefty chunk of your budget away. What happens if a player from another team who's in a playoff position at the moment? And they don't actually go up in their in with their team, and they then become available. Who's a very very good player, no matter what league it is, and they they want X amount. You, you can't you can't bust a, the budget because you're going to have these potential superstars come available, and you haven't got the money in the kitty to pay for them. A tough job for Martin Ling, Darren. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I did manage to get a few words with Richie on Monday night, guys, and he said we needed five players. And now, I also remember speaking to Richie around about a time where Real Satoria, we were trying to get Real to stay at the back end of last season. And he, he didn't give me a sort of glowing confidence that Real was going to stay, and he stayed. So I think Richie, rightly so, it's really probably playing on his mind at the moment. And you can't blame them. You want the manager to be like that. You want the manager to feel, feel that... Um, a bit jittery around keeping his star players. So I'm not going to sort of throw Richie under the bus for his comments to me on Monday night. We need five players. I think what I'm going to be more um, upbeat about, Andy, is the fact you just said Martin Ling. Martin Ling has done a fantastic job in recruiting players. Yeah. Might have got a few managers wrong, in fairness, but you cannot fault the players that have been brought in under Martin's regime. So... In Martin, I trust. In the board, I trust. And I want my manager to feel a little bit under pressure, quite frankly. That's, that suited me as well. Well, we were just mentioning, yeah, I mean, the figure 10 grand, 10 grand a week came up. Well, that's half a million pounds a year. And that's an eighth of your budget gone on one player. Yeah. So, oh, I'm if, just you're working to a, yeah, yeah. if you're working to a budget, it's never going to happen, is it? And you're quite right, yeah. I mean, we're looking at, I mean, it's like you've got young players on, we're nowhere near you know, no, yeah. or nowhere near that but sort of money that's just coming so. through. Yeah. But you've got other players that are going to be on that four yeah. or five sort of grand uh, um, margin now. And so it's serious money. But what we're, what we're up against, uh, Glenn, of course, is anyone coming down with the parachute payments again? It's, it makes it a very hard division to compete in, doesn't it? It does, yeah, but the parachute payments are only for, am I wrong in this, only for the clubs coming out of the Premiership down to the Championship. But I, I know they, they're there for two or three years, but... I don't think anyone who's coming down from the championship have got any parachute payments left. I may be wrong on that, but um, it, it's mm. difficult. Look, you've, you've got you know, League One this season. You've got teams like Sheffield Wednesday up there, whose budget, I, I believe, is the biggest in that league. And they're rightly so that they, they command crowds of 25, 26,000 supporters a week. So they're naturally going to generate more money. So 
they've got the spending power. Um, other teams in there, Sunderland, not Sunderland, sorry, they went up the year before. Ipswich, people like that, they've got money to spend, and that's why they are at the top of the league. Glenn, the one that's going to have money, my friend, in my humble opinion, next season, you're right about Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich have gone up, Glenn, um, it's going to be Derby. Because Derby will have probably, by now, paid off their creditors from the previous situation they found themselves in. Don't think they actually went into administration, did they? But I think they did have some serious financial difficulties. Um, so mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think you're bang on about what you said. I don't think the parachute payments is a problem. I think that's championship uh, club's problems, not only one club's problems. But there's always five, four or five giants in that division which makes getting out of it. Look, last time we tried to get out of it, who went up? Brentford and Wolves. Oh, yeah, know, Wolves they, weren't a giant at the time. The, but, Wolves had the parachute oh, Sorry, Brentford payment. weren't a giant that, at the time. That's why I was... They, that's right. That, that, yeah. They did. They did. Because uh, that was the second season. Yeah. There's no clubs that have come down, Andy, from the yeah. Premiership. That's fair enough, yeah. That's what but, I mean, Glenn's point when was. we were up against it like that, I mean, you were looking at a 46-mile race... You know, we're in a smart car, they're in a Porsche, and they had 13 miles head start. I mean, if you look at it that way, they had 13 million. You know, who's going to win the 40? Bar, yeah, but barring a car crash, they were going to win, weren't they? <laughs> Andy, but you saying that, right? We're in a smart car, they're in a the Porsche. There's going, to be, there's going to be teams in that division on bicycles as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right, you're right. We're, we're looking at a mid-table budget. Oh, we are this there's time, Glenn. really oh. ref- I meant when Wolves were down, you know, we were in there against teams with parachute payments. We were in a smart car and they're in a Porsche, you know. So uh, it was it was, um, it was, was always going to be a tough ask. But you're right. I mean, it's a bit more of an equal playing field. And, the, and as Nigel said, they're, they're going to have a competitive budget. So it comes down to quality of manager, which turns us back to the manager, Glenn. And you've you read the press. Uh, what's your take on it? Listen, it's, it's rumours at the moment, isn't it? The bookies have got him in there as favourite, so I'm led to believe I've not actually read it read it today or yesterday, but I've, I've seen, I've had a few messages and seen a few messages in WhatsApp groups flying around about it. Look, he's he's going to gain attra- uh, attention from other clubs. Other clubs can see what he's done when he came in back in the last season, his win ratio, he's, he was, I think he's disappointed not to get, is it two points a game? Um, we're currently on 90, is that right? 90 points? I can't yeah, remember now. Points, yeah. uh, but he, I know he wanted, he was really, really sort of pushing, he wanted to get to sort of two points a game mark, which I think we're just going to fall short on that. But he's a good manager. If he's a win, really good manager. He's, he's, yeah, if we win, if we, win we get it. We get does it. Things, he does things right, and he's going to get that attention now. As an O supporter, if he if he goes, everyone's going to be absolutely devastated because he's the guy who's got us up into that league. Now, R- Richie Wellings is ambitious. He's ambitious. Now, Reading are what they if Huddersfield win during this week, they're they're relegated, aren't they? They're almost relegated at the moment on on goal difference anyway. But they're going to be in the same division. But the infrastructure there, the, the ground, yeah. the training facilities, the players at their disposal, the, the budget. But I know there's some financial troubles there at the moment, but the budget is going to be a lot bigger than what we've got. Does that draw him over? Does he does he feel comfortable? Would he feel comfortable going to a, a club like that in, in the state that they're in? I don't know. He, he speaks very highly of the supporters and the family club and, and the board of directors and what a great working relationship he has with them. I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if that did happen, me personally. 
But um, nothing in football surprises me too much anymore. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we're not saying he's going to go or anything, but there is, you know, you know yourself, there's no loyalty in, in football as such, only from the fans. I mean, you know, if a player gets a better offer, they're off. If the if the manager suddenly loses seven or eight on the spin, it doesn't matter who he is, he's probably out the door. And, and uh, you know, you have to look after your family and your finances to a point. And if an offer comes along that while you're hot property, you're not going to be hot property all the time, are you? No, not at all. And... And the thing is, he's he's made them. He's made the the good thing about Richard Williams is that he's had success at Swindon. He went to Salford, and I'm not saying that was for the money. That was obviously his hometown club or where he's from, and and working with people we knew from from Manchester United. He's gone there. He, he went to Doncaster. It didn't sort of work out. He had restrictions there with budgets and and all sorts of what was going on. So he's not only tasted success. He, he's seen the other side of it, and and he's a wise man and. He will take if if they do get an approach for him. He will take everything into consideration. And like I say, I'd be very surprised if if he did go. But the only other thing is just discussing players who are going to stay. If he knows some of his key players are not signing and they're they're up the road, he's got to rebuild the team, the squad again, get them playing the way they are, or have been at certain points this season in a higher division. Would would that play in his mind and think, I don't really want to start here again because I haven't got the players that I've invested all this time and effort in for the rest of the season. I've got to, I've got to rebuild. I've got to start that again. Maybe that that could help his decision if he did go. Who knows? Okay. Well, we'll just take a, a couple of minutes break here while we listen to Dave Victor's Victor's view. I know I'm a very lucky man. It's an enormous pleasure and a great privilege to be able to cover our club. And on Saturday, the whole of the BBC Radio London Saturday Sports Show came from E10, starting at 12 o'clock in Coronation Gardens. And our first guest was Richie's magic man, Paul Smith, on his way for a pre-match meal with pasta. The producer who joined sports editor Phil Parry was Lucy Oliva. Lucy's a lifelong Chelsea supporter and this was her first visit to Brisbane Road and I felt so proud of our club. Everyone welcoming and of course it was a double celebration. Grace Alexander joining Phil to explain the success of Orient's women's team and looking ahead to the future. The celebrations at the end of the match, tremendous. Enormous credit to everyone involved. The flames in the East London sunshine, magnificent. And the faithful paid their part, allowing the players to enjoy their lap of honour. Seeing the club through Lucy's eyes made me appreciate just how lucky we are to be part of this special football club. A real family club. Generations coming together to share the joy. And on Saturday, many, including me, remembering family and friends who weren't there to share these special moments. Lucy described the day in E10 as life-affirming. I couldn't have put it better. One match remains... And it's going to be huge for our host, Bradford City. Mark Hughes clearly relished seeing his side score a winner in the fourth minute of injury time, leaving Northampton facing the prospect of missing out yet again. The heartache of the final day of last season will still hurt the Cobblers. Bristol Rovers scoring an improbable seventh with virtually the last kick of the season to go up instead. The Bantons play crew on Wednesday night and they'll be determined to join the O's in League One. Over 2,000 of the faithful expected to be amongst 25,000 at Valley Parade, despite the 12.30 kick-off in North Yorkshire. These are special moments for our wonderful club. Let's make the most of each and every minute. 
Thank you, Dave. Couldn't have said it better myself. And thank you, Dave, of course, for all, all your uh, Victor's views this season. have been a, a, a great insight and a great help and very entertaining. And um, Darren, you were just saying something there off mic for Glenn's comment. First of all, um, Reading. Reading are a basket case club at the moment. They've got uh, transfer embargoes. They are seriously over their um, quota. Uh, spend quotas, so I, I I don't think Richie would be interested in the in the Reading job. That might come back to haunt me. I think there's more chance of him going to Blackpool. Blackpool are a stable club, and they're a good. From what I understand, they've got good owners. And I don't think they go Wigan because Ala Black Ala Reading. So I don't think I'm concerned about him going yet either. I think my concern would be if we make a reasonable start next season, come uh, Christmas that's when I think the clubs could be looking to get someone like Richie in the door. Richie has learned from his mistakes. His mistakes with Doncaster and Salford was he ended up working for people he didn't get on with or he couldn't see them running the club in the correct way. So I'm not too bothered at the moment, guys. I, th I think we're OK with a manager. Please, I hope that doesn't come back to haunt me. But that's just my view. Yeah, I think going back to what Glenn said um, regarding his uh, relationship with the players and uh, are they staying, are they going, it might turn his head a bit. I think that, um, that that's quite a major point because he's already said that he feels very at home here, um, he's comfortable, you know, he loves it here, his family is settled already. Um, and I remember he made a, he had a conversation halfway through the season when he said, he was asked about um, building the squad and he said, well, I need, I'd like another couple of windows. And he said to get my real uh, football across, you know, what I want to be doing. And that, so two more windows would actually be a whole se the whole of next season. That would be January and next pre-season as well. So I think in, the, in his head, this is a work in progress for him. He's happy as long as he does get the players to stay that he wants to stay. And if you said, Darren, he, he reckons he wants about another five or six. I mean, that means five or six probably have to go as well. Yeah, yeah. So he's looking to obviously bring the quality in uh, for this. Uh, and like we said, we, we're not going to go out to win the League One Championship. We're going to be realistic. We're looking to, for a mid-table. Let's go and stabilise. Looking to compete. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not, not relegation battle, as he said. You know, Kent says, oh, there's no way I want to be in a relegation battle, which none of us want that. I think we'll all be happy to be in and around mid-table for most of the season, you know, flitting with it and... Um, pushing on, you know, this two and three and four year plans that they have, they're perfect for this club. And um, I think Richie would like to be part of that. Um, this is almost his squad. There's a few boys on the periphery that I think that uh, he would still like to switch around, which he said he's going to do. Um, he works well with Martin Ling. I had a chat with Steve Foster at the uh, Starman Awards and he said it's a great team the way Richie works with Martin and himself. Um, they work really, really well together. You know, the players are all identified together. They're all spoken about. There is none of this animosity and uh, whatever, whatever. You know, they're, they're picked for their quality as well as their uh, character. Uh, and we can see that. Uh, and I think um, what Darren said about Reading, I, I, I personally, I wouldn't have thought he would want to uproot yet again. There's no guarantee that Reading are going to come down and go straight back up again. No. You know, there's no guarantee in football. And uh, it, as you say, he would have to start all over again. There again, I think 
he's halfway. He's not even halfway through a project here, and I mm. think he w- he would like the challenge with his team and his f- his the way he plays his football to take on League One. Yeah, and see mean, where we go in a year or two. Yeah, uh, you touched upon it, Howard and Glenn. Uh, it, what Howard's just said there about the teamwork. When you've got a backroom where everything's running smoothly, you all get on and you come to work and you're all getting on and you've all got the same aim and you're working really well together. Do you really want to change things? Glenn, sorry. Go, Glenn. Sorry, was you talking to me there? Yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> um, no, of course you did. Listen, the, the way the players are together, obviously you've got this uh, this prayer group and the, and the religious uh, sort of circle and, and the songs, what we've seen since promotion and the team spirit and everything else, you see. That squad is so tight and that's what's got them over the line this season because we're not being absolutely murdering teams. I think we've scored three goals, more than two goals, five times this season. Um, so we're not blitzing teams, but it's been an all-round squad effort and every, everyone's been outstanding. Um, so you've got that togetherness and obviously the managers are part of that and the backroom team, Matt, Matt and uh, Paul Terry as well, So, as well as the medical staff. So all it needs is one or two pieces to upset the balance of that, i.e. a couple of key members of the playing squad. If they go, it could upset the rest of them and think, well, this ain't going to be the same now. I, I might get on up the road myself. So it's, it's a really good squad, really good management team. If they can keep the majority of it together, I think next season will be fantastic. I think if some of the key players go, it could upset the balance. But Richie being Richie, if he does stay, and I, I fully expect him to, um, I think he'll get around that. And he knows, remember, he knows a lot of players in the leagues because he's been at other clubs, he's worked with them, he works with coaches, other coaches. He knows a lot of players as well as Martin Ling and, and the scouting network. So he'll know, he'll have his eyes on who he wants to get in to replace certain individuals. But the key thing for me out of anyone who doesn't leave is the manager, and I fully expect him to stay. They've won the league playing the game the way I like to see them play. So the amount that I want Richie to stay is, is almost incalculable. But I'm not naive enough. And I know we were talking about in the sports club on Saturday after the game that if a bigger club comes in, particularly a bigger club in the northwest, we are going to be in trouble. But I'd still be very surprised for the reasons that have been given earlier if Reading is the place that he goes. OK, Tony. And uh, Glenn, uh, what I'll do, because uh, time restrictions are I'll begin at the creep up on us, so I will say thank you very much for joining us and giving us your uh, opinion of things. It's great to hear you back on the show. And, and now we've got this uh, new phone line, computers working. Um, hopefully uh, well, it's, it's the first reappearance of many. Uh, do you want to say anything to Glenn? Uh, sorry, Darren, you seem... No, no. Um, uh, nice to talk to you again, Glenn. Wish you well and uh, we'll catch up soon, no doubt, my friend. Thank you all. Thank you very much. And I'm just pleased for every single one of you and all the Orient supporters out there that league champions and next year we'll see League One football at Brisbane Road. Yeah, cheers, Glenn. It's uh, time for you also to ne- negotiate your new contract, isn't it, for new season? <laughs> what, what, what's the contract? Yeah. <laughs> Glenn's on 50p and as much ice cream as he can eat. Like well, he said, he said he don't know why they're keeping <laughs> He's obviously too cheap. That's the problem. <laughs> Glenn, we'll catch you soon, mate. Take you care. all the best, guys. Cheers. Ta-da. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There we go. That's, uh, that's Glenn Wilkie. And uh, 
Oh, do you know what? I'm really pleased the phone worked. How about that? There we are. There we are. Let me just uh, switch this off. There we go. Well, you try something new, and you, 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 do, you do, don't you? You think, oh, God, I hope this works. But it did. It did work anyway. So thank goodness for that. So what we'll do, we'll take a little break. We'll have this week's uh, Roper's Rant. It's been well over a week, and most of us are likely still in party mode. Let's face it, the players certainly were on Saturday versus Stockport as we gave away gifts of plenty. Although who could blame or forgive them a three-day bender after what had been a gruelling but magical 44-game stint? Stockport knew what they wanted, and not even divine inspiration from George Moncur's higher powers would have seen us hit the 93-point mark at Brisbane Road last weekend. A tad frustrating, yes, but hey, what the hell. We've got ourselves into League One, picked up the silverware, broken records left, right and centre, and can look forward to watching all these other competitors sweat on the last day of the season and in the dreaded playoffs. Whilst we're on that subject, how brilliant, as a good friend of mine over the O said to me last week, if Rotherham were to get relegated, and next year we met them at Wembley in the playoffs, went two down, took it to extra time and won on penalties. It would only require a fat bloke on the touchline crying into the medical bag to send the O's fans into orbit. Back to more realistic times, and what promotion at this stage has done is given us a couple of extra weeks to plan. OK, so we won't necessarily be doing business with the likes of Manchester United, and certainly not with Chelsea, because I don't think half of them would make our squad at the moment, but there are about 20 teams up and down the divisions that have an inability to plan effectively, not knowing where they'll be. Our director of football, Lingy, has always said we should be patient, but certainly this season has given us a head start, at least with our own, to try and thrash out the early tying down of our more prized assets in players such as Vigoro and Smith, for example. Nigel Travis has talked about consolidation. That's sensible, and yes, I'm sure that a large majority of O's for fans would settle for a continued steady build, but in the same breath, momentum can take you a fair distance. And harnessing the feel-good factor could be vital in that continued build of the club on and off the pitch. Let's look at three clubs for a moment. In modern-day football, Brentford went from League 2 to the Premier League in 12 years. AFC Bournemouth did it in six seasons. And more recently, Luton Town have gone from the Conference Premier to the edges of the Premier League in eight seasons. We've completed a double promotion from the non-league to League 1 in six. So a fairly on track against those three. Nigel Travis calls the championship the craziest league going, and he's right. Some really small clubs with even lower budgets than us making it there in recent years, whilst look at what, or who rather, comes down on massive parachute payments. No disrespect to Peterborough United, and they've got some work to do to get into the playoffs and then win them, but next year could see them playing Everton, a club massive in size and stature, in a brand new stadium, and on £40 million parachute payments at least. I suppose he's always trying to glimpse about what into the future might hold. If you offered Leighton Orient fans another promotion next year, but then two relegations in two years because we simply were not equipped for Tier 2 football, or say a three-year stint in League One followed by a minimum five-year stint in the Championship, then you'd have people's arms off for option two, wouldn't you? We don't want to stagnate too much. But like any business, we have to get the fundamentals right in every area to enable us to grow and share the fruits of such success, as well as even laying the groundwork for what, of course, would be the stuff of dreams and kicking off a Premier League season on a Friday night away to Manchester City. 
Most of us see the O's as a mid to upper table League One side. We're humble and realistic in the main, but there is simply no reason why, as Kent Teague said to me Saturday, we shouldn't look forward. London is still a very attractive area for investors, and there can be no doubt that Travis and co are talking to possible new parties about joining the East London Joyride. It would be easy to get carried away on a tidal wave of emotion, but these are exciting times in E10. We have part of the structure in place, we have the personnel, the fan base can grow, and if the likes of Blackpool, Brentford and Bournemouth can do it, then the question has to be asked, why not Leighton Orient? But for a couple of days at least, let's sit back, enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the curry houses of Bradford on Sunday and Monday, and a fantastic final day out in what has been a magical and fantastic season. As I said on social media on Saturday, and there are a lot of us that can relate to this, Dad, this one's for you, and we celebrate with lost loved ones who are up there watching our glorious return from the ashes of 2017. Up the mighty O's. Thanks very much, Matt, and thanks for your uh, input this season with uh, the end of the season with the uh, Ropers rants. And uh, anyway, I mean, he's it's, it's touched on Bradford there, and that's it's, it's a doable game, but uh, it's, a, it's still a tough ask, isn't it? Well, it is, but that, that'll be uh, it's two points average if Richie can get the win up there, hitting the 93 point mark. So mm. we, there is still a chance to do it. Um, Bradford are going to be well up for it. Obviously, they've got crew tonight, which they. You'd be, I'd be surprised if they didn't win at Crew, And then it's all on the last day, isn't it, with Northampton imploding a bit. But we've yeah. just been discussing that, that that they've got Tranmere away. I can't remember who Stockport have got, but they've got a better goal difference. So if, if yeah, Northampton do... Hartlepool. Hart, oh, they've, oh, they've got Hartlepool. Yeah, I don't want to see Hartlepool go down, actually. No, no like too late. Hartlepool. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> They're down, yeah. So, shame, so Bradford, <laughs> with, the, with the sellout crowd, it's, it's going to be a hell of a, an experience. I'm taking my little lad. I'm just saying to Darren that uh, he wouldn't have experienced anything like that before. So it's, it's going to be a good day out. I just hope that, um, you know, we, we do... Uh, you know, we do give a good account of ourselves, and they're professionals. You sh- I, I would think they would. I, I mean, I must admit, just uh, touching the Hartlepool there. You know, Dave, I went with Dave Victor up to Hartlepool a couple, you know, three or four seasons ago now, and we're doing the, the commentary up there. And um, and Dave drove and drove, and he found this little place right round the back of on the coast, and a little chip shop. And he, we were eating these chips, and he said, "See, there was a sign up that said this is the scene of the first shell that fell in the First World War bombing of civilians, you know, on a town from a ship." from a German ship and he said see there's something good to find if you find if you look hard enough he said and uh, you know he said there's always something to remember about every town you visit if you yeah. if you look for it and he, like Dave was actually delighted to find this this scene of the first shell eating his chips with all the crusty bits on top of them and uh, he's quite he's quite a character Dave but, anyway uh, Andy back to the game on back Saturday back to the game on Saturday <laughs> I digress anyway no one a serious moment uh, Dow is oh, that um, Monday two, Monday even yeah um, 2,000 odd fans going up and of course uh, Bradford on the last match of the season despite the fact we're in a party mood uh, the last match of the season they do pay their respects to the victims of the Bradford fire so we would obviously expect uh, our fans to uh, to take part in that uh, perfectly and I'm very confident our fans will be absolutely exemplary on the day because we're, we're special people in respect of how we, we, we treat other people so I'm, I've, I've no issues with that no, I'm fully confident they will as well. Um, and uh, just touching on um, Monday evening, where uh, Howard and uh, D- Darren joined me on the Orient Hour table at the uh, Starman Player of the Year um, dinner. Um, and uh, an enjoyable evening, guys. Yeah, very enjoyable. Um, 
I, I, I think it was. I thought we can safely say the players uh, were great in terms of, of mixing with us as fans. Um, pleasure of meeting Lawrence Vigoru for the first time. No, really good evening, Andy, and, and my thanks personally to Kerrion and everyone at the Sporters Club for putting on, putting the work in for us all to have, have such an enjoyable evening. Yeah, it was, it was a good evening. Um, anyway, I mean, the food, I, I, I won the table competition, didn't I? Because I guessed I was the closest. I guessed it was some sort of meat. <laughs> Oh, was <laughs> it? <laughs> but, um, there we go. Uh, no, it was, it was a great yeah. evening. It was a good evening. Yeah, yeah and as I'm Darren said, you know, uh, uh, Karen and, and all of the um, supporters club need to, uh, uh, well, give them a pat on, pat yeah, on the back. It was, and it's it was, hard it was work. A great it's a lot of I mean, apart from meeting our players, it's always good to see some of the the ex players that are there, the legends, and to yeah. catch up with. Uh, uh, with all the lads that were there, Kevin Lisby and Peter Kitchen and Comfort, uh, Stevie Castle, uh, Griff was there. So, yeah, yeah it was great it was to see great and yeah, nice to meet uh, Mark Devlin and Luke Lambert yeah, as well and, all the and staff. have a chat with them. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and obviously growing up, um, seeing Dan Happy and uh, Jaden Sweeney, because I've known them for very many years, um, and just to see them now, they're just still so humble. Um, it, it's really good. It, it's, it's always a good evening. Um, and again, once again, congratulations to everyone who uh, organised yeah. it. Yeah. Right, it's prediction time. Tony Bradford. I'd say an entertaining 2-2 draw. 2-2 two, two draw. Howard, as you've got the microphone. Oh, blimey. Um, yeah, I think I'll... Uh, I'd like to be positive, but you know me. <laughs> um, I think it's going to... Just I'd, phone a smarrow. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it might be a little bit of a Stockport uh, syndrome for me, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Not Stockholm, Stockport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm with H on this one. I think uh, we're going to lose two 0 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but we're going to have a party. We're going to we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sing rude songs about being champions. All right. Well, I, I actually think I, I agree with Tony. I think it'd be a draw. I actually think it'd be a point shared. Actually, I think we'll we'll rally and we'll have to be on the ball from the the word go. Well, Big crowd. Uh, well the first game we played them actually, uh, I think was it Cook their centre forward who scored all the goals? What's his name? Cook. Yeah. I mean, he, he got pulled in that game, got taken off, didn't he? Because um, I think Dan Happy had him in his pocket, and uh, mm. if you stop him, uh, you stop. You pretty much stop Bradford, if I remember. All right, um, well, we got to go, Howard. So uh, yeah. I'm going to say good night. Stop him, we'll win. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for coming in. Thanks, Glenn, for phoning in, and we'll catch you next week, everybody. We'll leave you with Bash Galvin and the Ten Song. This is our club, we are proud So sing it up, sing aloud We were formed in 1881 The Claps and Orient so begun The old story on it runs We're late and Orient from E10 
Across Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM News.